chills make me wanna shout. Kick your heels up and shout. Welcome back, listeners, to another exciting episode of Bills and Beers, the Buffalo Bills podcast. Here from the Bills backers of Chicago, Illinois. We've switched up format a little bit. I was in Philadelphia, had all the intention to record after the game in the parking lot, but was just not in the mood following the game. So we're back to the original format here at Casa de Lars, and I'm Lars. Joining me tonight, the lovely Miss Cassie Hutton is with us. Little throwback. And the president of the Bills Backers of Chicago, Sujit, also with us. I'm at peace. I'm at peace in your home. Good, good, because it's a tough time right now to be at peace for Buffalo Bills fans. At Bills and Beers, find us on Facebook. At Bills and Beers, find us on Twitter. Subscribe on iTunes if you haven't already. Tell your family, tell your friends, tell your neighbors, tell everybody you know how you found this podcast. But it's that time of year again uh, when seven wins will effectively remove us from the playoffs. So here we are on the verge of existential breakdown for the 16th year in a row. Plenty to talk about, including last week's or excuse me, wait, last week, it was only three days ago. I feel like I'm stuck in a time warp all this traveling. Lost to the Philadelphia Eagles. So let's not waste any more time. It's going to be a jolly old time and get right into it. Oh, another break, heartbreak. And I'm not even talking about last week. I'm just talking about another season. Another season of hopes dashed. Much like Dasher. Prancer. Prancer. We have, so, I mean, that should be our topic for wild card, is that we should just uh, name the Bills player that corresponds to the reindeer. Easy, but, since since we got our vixen right here. Uh-oh. No, I know who the vixen is. I was talking about my dog, Betty. Okay. So anyways, another heartbreak, another loss, another game where the, you know, offense seemed to go away at times and the defense just couldn't seem to stop people when they needed to. Um, you know, both sides of the offense seemed to, or both sides of the ball seemed to play good at times and then horrible at times. Uh, but overall, it was just a, the one thing that was the shocker this week, and we can get into it. Um, actually, I'll let you guys get into it. So... You know, there was some good... Do we do... Which one do we do? Sure, yeah. We'll go, we'll Let's go. Do, there were some good things for this game that happened. So, uh, there wasn't a lot. There wasn't a lot. So, Miss Cassie Hutton. Uh, are we still calling you Cassie Hutton? We are. Yeah, yeah. Uh, this, there's a reason why Lars does this, by the way. Um, who was your <laughs> Labatt Blue MVP of last week's loss so i'm going first because there weren't many so i want to claim one right off the top uh ronald darby interesting choice yeah okay i (laughs) feel like every game he comes out there he plays he's got great coverage he's not injured um exceptional rookie season from that young man and Ronald Darby, I'm pleased to see you in a Bills uniform week after week. Can I can I challenge you though? Because wasn't it Ronald Darby and Corey Graham who were chasing the rookie wide receiver into the end zone on the 53 yard touchdown pass on second and 26? Yes, I but believe I it was them. But it was it was Graham. It was Graham really that gave up that. on that play. I feel like he like you know he he was running behind the guy. Thought that there was no way someone was going to throw the ball to him, 
and slowed down before the guy even caught the ball. Then he caught the ball and he started running after him again. So I think that he thought the maybe he thought that he couldn't throw that far. I don't know. So you're telling me that safety play was detrimental to the Bills this season? This has never ever been the case. Now I've also heard and and seen on the gifts that came out today that Mario Williams pretty much took the playoff as well. That any any amount of hustling would have resulted in a sack. And if you remember, Sam Bradford climbed about eight yards in the pocket there to make that pass. And watching at the stadium, it was kind of like, what the hell just happened? I mean, it was it was so bizarre. And when you think about that play, the 41-yarder to Select, which set up the go-ahead field goal in the fourth quarter, which was set up by the just blatant, no, the blatant oh. pick. Oh, yeah. The blatant pick play. No, the the muff, the end of the game, the muff end punch of the game, set up yeah. the 53-yard touchdown. Sorry. Which So, I'm sorry, but the muff punt really wasn't even consequential because... It was second and twenty six. I mean, yeah, there was. It shouldn't have it, been. It, it shouldn't have been a. It shouldn't have been an issue. We had because of penalties and other things. We had pushed them back across midfield. It, it was. It was should have been a non-issue. But that forty-one yard play, which set up the go-ahead, the fifty-three yard pass, and then Leotis McKelvin inexplicably letting the guy get out of bounds to end the first half. I mean, there's thirteen points. In a game where they only scored 23 right there. It's just, again, it's just like three stupid plays. I mean, and not to move to the negatives there, but on the pick play, McKelvin could easily have made the tackle, but he goes for the strip instead of making on the actual tackle. Well, now, okay, well, yeah. let's not get into the negative because my Labatt Blue MVP does go to Leotis McKelvin. And really? for this, yes, because for the same reason I've been oh giving it to God. him all season, the dude just wants to make plays. And I want somebody yeah. on our defense who wants to make plays. He made an intercept. Oh, God, I mean, questionable. But finally, we got a turnover when the opposition had the ball in our territory, which we haven't seen all year. We haven't seen anybody who's shut down the opposition's drive with a turnover. Leotis got one, questionable though it may be. Let's not even go there. I mean, it's it's so it's so sad. It was sad. You're a disgrace to the NFL. Okay. Yeah, but I'm, okay. okay. Just talk about one thing for that that clip. It was sort of just for a little bit of context. Deadspin Joe Buscaglia uh, put out the clip of Rex Ryan and Dennis Thurman being in the ears of the officials on the way off the field, and there's seems to be divergent uh, accounts of what who happened. It was that says. You're a disgrace to the NFL. Because when I watch the clip, I can't tell who's talking. But I thought it was Dennis Thurman that said it. But now all these... Well, look, look. I think to the larger point here, Suge, and we're going to get into this at great length, I do believe, today. Rex Ryan, for all of his bluster and all of his bravado, when he's in front of the microphone, takes care of his guys. Yes. And I think that right now, Bills fans, through all of their frustration, are interpreting that as zero accountability because he doesn't hold people accountable to the media. Right. But we have no idea what he's doing behind closed doors. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, that clip makes it pretty clear that it was Dennis Thurman, but then Rex gets on the mic and is like, yeah, well, I don't know. I, I wasn't paying attention. I don't know. What. Like, of course, because, okay. it, you know, it, but does that make sense? It actually looks because as soon as he says that, Rex quickly jumps underneath the uh, the the little tie thing and pushes him into the 
into the yeah into the the. the I think the Rex clubhouse. handles business way more so than Bills fans want to give him credit for. They right. they want to characterize him as this loosey goosey. Anything goes. Players can come and go as they please. We've got hammocks set up on the sideline in case anybody needs a nap during the game. I don't think that's really how it is. Yeah. I, I, I honestly don't. Maybe I'm just being overly optimistic here. And it's but, not, I mean, it's not going to be the same as Marone, right? He's not like the ultra-disciplinary. No, and when Marone was here, we, that was the last we didn't last we want wanted, the micromanaging right? hard-ass. But, you know, I will say there was elements, that micromanaging hard-ass, like I think had he had stayed here another year, we would have seen progress because the, it too. would have been sticking that scheme, sticking that. So all the reason why I don't want Rex to go anywhere. Well, a couple because th- regardless of whether you're loosey goosey or you're a hard ass or whatever, you gotta stick with it, right? Yeah, so yeah. And, and you realize we're on our fifth defensive coordinator in as many years. Yeah, yeah, and you know, there's and people a- saying one Dennis Thurman fired. Like, are you nuts? Yeah, Mario yeah. Williams hasn't had the same defensive coordinator twice. Neither has Stephon Gilmore. Neither has Aaron Williams. And by the way, Mario Williams has been good for, like, what, two of the years that he's been here? Yeah. You know, he had two 16-sack years, I think. Something I think like that. his first year wasn't that great. Petten and Schwartz. Um, right, exactly. And, you know, with Petten, I don't care how many sacks you got. Our defense sucked because our it did. was got gashed up the middle. I mean, Bills fans are really remembering the 2013 defense as something it was not. And that is good. Yeah, and did you guys notice uh, Kiko Alonso over pursue? Oh, in, yeah, that was in, awesome. In, uh, On the touchdown to run. Allow, yeah. yeah, to allow Gillis. Gillis. Gillis, Gillis Dizzy Gillespie. Yeah. Dizzy Gillespie to uh, score that touchdown. It's exactly what he did every single play towards the, the end of the, the season. The Tampa as Bay a game. Bill. Yeah, and the Tampa Bay, yeah, especially, I definitely remember that one. But, yeah, the 80 yarder. Um, but that's what he did all the time. He would over pursue, and the runner would run right past him. That's exactly what happened on our touchdown. Anyways, but you know we're, we were trying to still keep on the positive this game. So, oh, Lars is done. Yeah, yeah, Lars, yeah. Okay. No, but you got to do Lars, yours. Lars Which, by the way, Leotis, I mean, the, I, to your credit, what is, you know, he just wants to make a play. You hear him talk in the interview, and I, yes, granted, he's completely unintelligible, <laughs> but he's so excited and he thinks so highly of himself. Not in an arrogant way, but just kind of he's like. I can do both things. I can be a safety. I can play off the ball, on the ball. But, you know, the one thing about me, I can play on the outside. But then you can also put me in the slot. And he's just like, he's like going through, like he's talking about his new brand new toy that he yeah. got at Christmas. But he's talking about himself. It's, you it's, know, it's like he's excited. Good for him. It's as if there's a direct line between his his train of thought and his mouth. Yeah. And there are zero interruptions on the of So I would have loved to have heard what he had to say when Thigpen muffed that punt. If he was like, oh, yeah, put me back out there. I'm ready to go. I know. Yeah, I got my hands. That was actually Jesus. my biggest fear. <laughs> anyway, so my Labatboo player, uh, uh, Labatboo MVP, uh, still goes to Jerry Hughes. And the reason why... The reason why I know he had dumb mistakes, but you did know he what? Had a penalty? Did he take he a bad did. penalty? Well, he had offsides penalties, but you know what? He's been doing that. That's shit a for... sign that Jerry Hughes is playing well or hard. Okay, because Jerry Hughes had a thousand of those offsides penalties, yeah. and what did we do? We signed him to a big ass contract after an entire season of those types of penalties because those are the signs that he was raring to get off the ball and sack somebody. He's the only one that continued to try every single play. And maybe Jerry Hughes looks like he puts in so much effort because Mario Williams look, he looks like he puts in so little. Yeah. You know, when Mario actually makes a play, it looks so impressive that you're like, you know what? 
And it, come on, he had the exact same complaints coming out of Houston that he would take certain plays off. Yeah. I just feel like it's gotten worse. And, you know, he's a big baby. I was talking about Cass on the way here. When he first came, remember his complaint? I don't want to play outside linebacker. I only wanted to go to a 4-3. I don't want to play on the left side of the line. I only want to play on the right side of the line. So he has these conditions that football needs to be played the way he wants to play it. And so Patton, you know, let him do that, but moved him around a little bit. And then Schwartz was perfect for him because yeah. it was a straight 4-3. And he was, he was very happy. And it was very simple. If, I mean, even Schwartz would be the first one to tell you, my defenses are very simple. As soon as it gets complicated with Rex, which is like Petten squared, uh, you know, he doesn't want to do it. When he drops back into the, into coverage, he just stands there. Yeah, he's he not... doesn't try to do He doesn't put his hands up. He doesn't, you know, spy people that are crossing. He doesn't do anything. So, of course, it's not going to work when the player is going through the motions but not actually yeah. embracing the role. It's like playing 10 on 11. It is. It, it absolutely is. So, I mean, I think that... Jerry Hughes has tried and tried and tried again. Yeah. You know, and he's not... That is one thing you can no not fault fight him for. Can, and, you know, we were talking a little bit about leadership in uh, on the Bills. And I don't think that we have a real leader on the defense right now. I think that hopefully Jerry Hughes is emerging as one. Uh, and this is probably the reason why Tyrod came to him, of all people on the defense, to talk about getting the team together. Maybe because he's vocal. Um, you know, he's not the best player on that defense. Darius clearly is the best player um, I think overall, um, but we were talking about the fact that who was the leader of the the Glorious? It was Tally. Yeah, and it's funny that there's an article now in the in the, what is it? The, Less than twelve hours after we were talking about after it. after we were talking about it about how this team lacks leadership and who was interviewed for that but Tally and he would talk about how you know there's no accountability. Um, this team doesn't stick together as a group. They're all their own CEOs. Um, as opposed to you know being a proponent for yourself, but also first and foremost being a proponent for the team. So Jerry, I hope that you can turn this around. You know, I one encouraging thing right before I'm coming here, I saw that there was an article that um, featured Manny Lawson yep. uh, saying that hey, you know what? I know that the season is dwindling. It's kind of sad that I'm saying this as the season is dwindling, but. We have all talented players on this team, but this was a lot of information to grasp all at once. And I think now guys are finally getting those aha moments, and that we're finally starting to get it. Really, because be I'm not—I'm not seeing a single. I'm not aha seeing that. I'm there. not seeing that either. It, but if the fact but, that they're not complaining about it anymore, they're not. But uh, the thing is, is when you get to the leadership, I remember when Corey Graham first joined our team. He was a captain. He seemed like a true leader out there. Now, mm -hmm. what has happened to him? Like, has that role been removed from him? Like, I, I, he's the same player, the same person. So I can't feel like that's, like, an individual thing. But what has happened to change was, that dichotomy of safety? Yeah, right? he was also moved from cornerback to safety. And you still can't be the leader on the team. Because your play, your play doesn't justify your... I, I understand that, but as a leader. Like, yeah. it doesn't matter if you're on the bench or no, you're, and you're, and wherever I, and you and are. I think you can that, still be a leader. But, Cass, I think if we were to put together a short list of, of leaders or potential leaders on the defense, I don't think any Bills fan who knows anything what they're talking about would leave Corey Graham off that list. Yeah. I still think he's in the conversation. Yeah, I mean, but he's he still just, like and the... I don't think he ever was the outspoken leader, which, which is funny. Jeff brought it up, or somebody brought it up. I brought it up. And somebody else brought it up on one of the message boards today about people, people, a lot of people keep saying it's the exact same defense as last year. Okay, well, it's not. Both starting safeties are gone. And Brandon Spikes is gone. 
And he only played about a third of snaps. I get that. He was solid when he was in there. But he was about the closest thing we had to the alpha male in the locker room from the defensive perspective on that team, was he not? Yeah, I mean, it's it, it's not just about his leadership. It's about his play. I was exceedingly disappointed when we got rid of Brandon Spice. I, was I don't care that he only plays three downs or, or that he only plays you know, two yeah, downs. One and a half downs a whatever. series. I, the fact is that when he was in the game, no one could run on us. When he was out of the game, people ran off. It was like literally we used yeah. to watch drive after drive. Hey, Brandon Spike's coming out. They're going to run. And sure enough, they would run. And right they would get the six yards. So, and God, I mean, our linebackers are just, whether this is scheme. So this gets the whole well, scheme, scheme and injuries. player. Yeah, you know, yeah. like, I mean, this this scheme does not fit our talent, right? Which is fine. You know, I don't want Rex Ryan to try and play Be Jim Schwartz's defense. You know, because he's going to suck at it. You know, I want him to try and instill with the players that will still be here next year, instill his defense. So that way he's not trying to teach it to the entire team when we actually get the players we need for it. Well, and I, it... I, I feel like I will touch on this in my rant because <laughs> I'm very well prepared. I've actually been scrolling through to find the exact information that I needed for my rant. Great. Well, I think one thing that gets overlooked is that it was pretty clear that you know, Rex, when he was coming to the Bills and was is bringing anybody who was wearing green the season prior with him, one guy he did not get to come with him was David Harris. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And I think that, first off, nobody's really talking about that in hindsight, but now looking back, I wish boy, he, he could have made a hell of a difference on this team. One guy. I mean, that's what we're talking about. I mean, we're that close. It's one guy. We're 6-7. and seven. We've lost all close games except for the first Patriots game. It's all been right there for the taking. We've just been a play here, a play there, a dumb, a dumb move there, a drop there. I mean, it's all been so close that a guy like David Harris, just somebody who could be the glue on this defense, who knows the scheme, who can make the calls and can provide a little bit of talent in the linebacking core, would have made a huge difference. So having said that, Cass will come to you. We're going to rant in a minute. In the, in the meantime, I think Suge touched on his. I, it will be hard-pressed for the yeah. for the two of us to come up with somebody else. And Suge, you might even have another person. Your Jenny Cremel bummer of Sunday's game. Jerome Felton. Yeah, good. Jesus. That's yeah. a good one. I mean... Two false starts. Two false starts. And a shotgun! For doing nothing. And Out of shotgun. How much head start do you need? And he's been complaining that he hasn't been involved in the plays. Yeah. Well, if why? you're being involved in the plays or out on the field, then execute. Yeah. And yeah. those were really, really big false starts. I think a few of them, we it was like first, and then it became first and 15 and whatnot, but those were really... Terrible plays, and and for nothing, for not even like a, of of the no, cr- crowd noise or some misdirection or the defensive line maybe jumping at you. Nothing. They were just mistakes from him. So I'm going to do one and a half. I am going to give an honorable mention to Tyrod. One thing we got to talk about is now he's 0-4 when the Bills are within one score and he's got the ball at the end of the game to bring us back for a tire for a win. And three times it's ended in an interception. I mean, the guy's only thrown six picks all year, and half of those have been when we need him to perform the most. That's a bit of a problem. It's also he's also new. I get it. 
the, the throw to Woods is actually the right read. He was a bad throw. The throw to Watkins, where Watkins was wide open over the middle of the field. I mean, that was right after we got to our seats, and we were kind of like, what the hell? And even, like, you're talking about those, those Felton false starts from our seats we're like what jesus christ i mean they weren't even close yeah i mean we could i mean he was like falling forward it was so bad but tyrod didn't have the greatest day he's showing a lot of promise though i'm still okay yeah, with it and, I, and i'm sure he's going to 2016 as the starter something makes me wonder like was his did he jam his finger or yeah. something because those throws i mean he's throw those all year and it's one thing you know when ej missed a person he would miss them, and it was always like you know in the same general range. Like he was like two, four, two to five yards yeah, off. Yeah, he missed bad. They were nowhere in the vicinity of where the player was. Yeah, you know, and it. it we well, also so had Fletcher Cox in his lap all game, so that's actually who I'm giving it to, which is Greg Roman. And I get it that like it wasn't scheme that hurt us in this game, but Fletcher Cox owned us. Yeah, yeah. and we spent all week. It is scheming. That's exactly what we that schemed is. for JJ Watt and did a hell of a job. Did we think that like Fletcher Cox was just a no name because he's he's not a no name. His name gets mentioned a lot for one of the best defensive linemen in the yeah. NFL, and we thought that maybe Richie Incognito could go one on one. No, he cannot. No, and he, Richie was the first person to tell you after the game that he could not. Yeah, and yeah. Richie, they've been you know that week. Everybody was saying, "Oh, he's the comeback player of the year. He's, he's doing great." And then all of a sudden, he had a, he shit the bed in that game. He did, yeah. and but you know he's the first one to say that he did. Yeah. Like you said, I mean, yeah. but I, I, you know that's okay. Like I don't think any lineman against any star defensive. Uh, player is going to especially a guard right guards are not known to be like yeah extra mobile type of players so, now now however some gifts show that they were rolling a lot of help into fletcher cox but he still had a day when when they couldn't get a body on him um like players this is a good beer by the way we'll get into yeah, that right? later but um okay so yeah mine is definitely going to mario mario i you know i was excited when you got here i was excited when you had 16 sacks but I always felt like you got four sacks in one game and then went away. And that was okay because you were still getting 16 sacks. But this nonsense that you're doing this year, like maybe you're good against the run. I don't know. Uh, but you're not helping us up the middle. You don't really stand up and be a leader to the uh, for the offense or for the defense. You don't do anything for our team right now. No, he doesn't. No. He, we, we'd be better off. Getting, I'm we'd fine. be better off with him on the bench. Yeah, I mean, I think so too because I think that he put a hungry player in there. Yeah, um, you know, I think that. So, I mean, I, I think that he's gone. I think that we moved Darius to defensive end. I don't know what happens with Kyle Williams. Um, the but thing, I think the we thing put is, him back as and we let buy some huge night. Where are you going to find? I mean, those guys ain't growing on trees, though. I hear you, but no, but I think that we could pick some. I mean, you just need a space eater, you know. Like I, yeah, but a, again, I yeah, I hear you. Didn't we draft somebody? Yeah, Terrell Troop. We took him in. in no, 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 no. But he's one of those lean, lean. No, ones. no. Terrell Troop was. Well, oh no, who am I thinking? So, never mind. I'm thinking of someone different. But, um, anyways, long. Oh yeah, what? Yeah, sorry, Terrell Troop. Never mind. Um, I was thinking of the person who we drafted instead of. Was it Broderick Bunkley? Gronkowski? No, did we draft Broderick Bunkley? No. Never mind. Okay, so the, we're gone off topic. <laughs> Mario, I wish you well. I hope you find somewhere that you can. Play the football that you want to play. Now this place ain't it. Here's well, the question. Here's the question. 
We won't be able to trade Mario. We will no. probably have to cut him. Yes. Yeah. And you know where he's going to end up? Miami. New England. No. Yes. Everybody always says that. Yes, they, oh, come on. If there's a remotely talented player, everyone's like, oh, you know the Patriots are going to pick him up. You know the Patriots are going to pick him up. I, the yeah, but they play a 3-4. He's not going to want to go play there. Yeah. They play a 3-4. He would be great in a Carolina Panthers uniform. I hope that that South Carolina boy I gets to go home and play in that 4-3. In, uh, in Chicago. He'd be great here, too. Be Second coming of Julius Peppers. Right, exactly. Who ended up doing nothing really for the Bears. So we are going to... It's playing pretty well for the Packers. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> we're going to get all the way through this segment and nobody in this entire pod... I mean, we're, we're, we're inching closer to a half hour now and nobody has mentioned Shady McCoy. And his little meltdown and his little pity party and... and no, whatever. We all... And I mean, kissing the eagle. What the hell was that shit? That was not cool. But I think he's just, you know, he is his... He's not going to apologize for what the hell he does, okay? Like, let's no. we've known that about Shady from the beginning. He's going to have his own thing as long as he can run the ball. But, God, you know, everyone says, oh, Shady got stopped. Shady got stopped. How he didn't. He, did, he 15, played pretty well. 15, 20-yard yeah. runs got called back because of holding. Yeah. And they were holding calls that weren't necessarily the call that sprung the run. Uh, or, like, the hold that sprung the run. So, I think if you actually looked at what his yardage was without penalties, maybe even subtracting the ones where... The penalty sprung the run. He did a, had a great game. I, he still I mean, had more I, than 100 all-purpose yards. Yeah. yeah, I mean, I think that he did not get his ass handed to him. He was playing pretty well. He was playing pretty hard. I mean, it broke my heart to see him every single time walking back to the line of scrimmage and throwing his hands up in the air being like, come on, guys. Like, come on. What what do I need to do? Yeah. You know? I mean, he tried so much. Not one play did he run out of bounds. Yeah, he was running I mean, up the field, he gets... and he's like, "I can get an extra yard. I can get an extra yard. Oh hell yeah! Can I break he was... something?" He did not run for the out of bounds, and sometimes he does during other games. Yeah. He was the Jerry he he was was... of the offense oh. this 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 week. Yeah. I think that there was no fight, there was no loss of fighting him up until the, even including the end. But uh, the you know, God, a hundred yards in penalties. It's hard to make up, and you know, that, seven seven that's penalties in the fourth quarter. The penalties that we lost, right? That's the yardage that was accepted. Accepted. That does not account for the yardage that we lost from the play. Yeah. Yeah. Right. So yeah. I mean, a lot of those were 10, 15, 20 yard runs by negated. that were negated, um, or good pass plays that were negated. I mean, there was only one penalty where I was glad we got the penalty because it was some like horrible play that occurred like in the actual in the actual play, but. Regardless, you know, so then what? We're talking about closer to 150 yards? At least. Right? Where our total offense is probably, what, like close to 400 at the most? Yeah. Oh, um, we outgained him. Yeah. I mean, you can't just keep doing this. And I think that on the defensive side, um, I think that we're seeing a team that has two new schemes. That has two new systems. And, like, what did we expect? I know we have all this talent, and I know Bills fans are so hungry to finally make the playoffs. But at some point, we just need to be realistic. And kind of we do this to ourselves. But you as, know, like I, as I mentioned before... gets them going, but we do this to ourselves. What did we expect? It was a brand new scheme on both sides of the ball. And everyone on the, in a Bills uniform says the defensive scheme is complicated. Everyone that read the manifesto for Greg Roman that came out of San Francisco knew that that was a very complicated offense to learn. The fact that, you know, I think that at the end of the day, when we're looking at what happened this season, I was asking Cassie, I was like, are we satisfied with what has happened? Our defense, granted, our defense sucked. The scheme, nobody understood the scheme. They weren't able to get it together. But 
I don't believe that Rex Ryan's defense will be bad two years in a row because I think he'll get rid of the play, people that don't want to play in the scheme. Mario. And Mario, for sure. Uh, and the people that can't play in the scheme, all of our linebackers. Um, <laughs> <laughs> uh, but so I think that we will get those people in. We have the money to spend if we get rid of Mario, get rid of Bradham, um, as well as the, the, the salary cap increase. We'll get the people in, and I think we're going to be fine on defense. The biggest thing this year is that we have a quarterback that doesn't suck. Yeah, yeah. But here, let me. I want to. We're gonna. I want to address that. But you, you know, you made me think of something that I don't think a lot of people are talking about either. Could a lot of these penalties be attributed to guys being uncomfortable in the scheme? Yes. Uh, sorry, I was, that's actually where this whole thing started. When I because I don't think anybody's mentioned that, but that makes total sense. Right. So you're slightly out of position. Kind of don't know what you're doing. Half a step behind. Don't really know the angle, and you do something dumb. And to make you're a up star for player, and yet you gave up a play. You think that you'd get frustrated at that point? Yeah, probably. I mean, so that's actually that's funny because that's literally when you were talking about scheme and penalties and things. I was thinking, oh, I wonder if that has to do with the fact that they're getting frustrated, the defensive penalties. Um, so that's that's where I was going, and then I got lost on a tangent. But yeah, I completely agree. I think that the frustration penalties on defense are due to the fact that. These guys are getting frustrated because they can't communicate with each other. They don't know what to do, and then they get burned for it. And then they realize that, hey, you should have done this. You should have done that. And they're yelling at each other. You see that happen after lots of plays. And then finally, when someone makes fun of them for being idiots, you know, or for not knowing what they're doing, they get pissed off. I mean, even the broadcasters during the game made a call that, wow, this defense has been burned numerous times for not being set during plays and not knowing what they're doing. So there's that, I, I, but I maintain the defense actually didn't play that poorly on Sunday. No. They had a couple that I don't, they, I don't know I mean, what the hell happened. 23 points? Come on. But 23 points is the losing amount on most teams in the NFL these days. But you know, I mean, a 53-yarder on a misplay and then six other points we already identified. One from the 41-yard pick play and one from Leotis doing God knows what. I mean... That's that takes them down to ten points right there. Yeah, and one of them was the opening drive, which I wasn't even in my seat for. Yeah. which brings me to another point, which I'm going to save for my rant because I'm going to need you guys with a little more intel watching TV to help me out. So let's not waste any time. We still have a lot to talk about, and I'm sure we'll get into it as we piggyback on rants here and rants and raves. But but let's not talk too much more about this ugh, loss to the Eagles. Hate to do it, seventh time this season we have to do it, but we lost, so we gotta do a little ranting here on Rant and Raves. And I'm gonna go first, because like I said, I need a little intel from you guys. The Sammy Watkins touchdown. What the hell happened? They called him out at the three yard line and then oh overturned it. Oh my god. And let him go, what, what happened there? Because because when we were walking to our seats, I was like, well that looked, that was like literally as we were walking to our seats. So I was like watching on the monitors, Watching it through the rows, trying to figure out what was going on. I was. But they called him out of bounds. Screaming there at the TV because the just, the ref that was right there called him out of bounds. He was not even close. He was, not even he was close. A foot and a half in bounds. But the thing is, is if it's a scoring play, you let the play score, and scoring plays are automatically reviewed. So but, okay, 
are you going to rant for me? Because that's yeah, pretty much where we're going. So, but that's my question. He was called out of bounds. So how did they then look at it and say no? He wasn't right. out of bounds with no challenge flag. So what the hell? Is the what Warriors did? Mean? What happened? They just they just said okay, touchdown, and then let's review it, which is what should have happened. What the hell is going on but with the NFL clear, officials this year? It was clear that the so the, this guy made a call on the field. He was the one that was in best position to make the call. He on the field. was eighteen inches. He was right, right there. there. So how no did one should he have miss said, that? No, you're wrong. It, you I, you didn't see it right. No one should have said that. If he is a competent official, no one should have said no. I, I had a better view of it. He was definitely stepped on the line. Sammy, he, definitely, was, he definitely was not. He was house. wearing black shoes. I the sideline chalk is white. What was he looking at? This because is what made me so mad is that there was there was not there was a strip of a it's big a, strip of it green. It was not even in between. Close. It was so like what was he looking at? Other than God, I mean, it gets back to like Jay's like theory Conspiracy about the fact theory. that yeah. that but you know they can I, manipulate the game. Like, this just, is what I want to rant about because we are six and seven. We could, should probably be nine and four at this point. We could even be ten and three. But all season long, we've had these egregiously bad calls against our team. Now, this one, I mean, we probably would have scored anyways. They ended up giving us the touchdown anyways. But what the fuck is going on? Um, it's, it, what? It's, 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 there wasn't a hard call to make. He was right there. And we, I, I know it's, it, it's a cop out and nobody wants to, but the fucking refs, I've, played a huge part in us being out of the playoffs this year a huge part it's a teeny tiny little missed call here and there that has been so bad and i said i said on on our group meet and i wasn't being facetious i honestly think in the 16 year drought this may actually be the most unlucky our team has been we have not caught a Fucking break all season. We may have caught a little bit of one with Leotis McKelvin getting the interception on Sunday, but fuck it all. We lost the game, so it didn't matter. I mean, the the pick that they missed, I understand that it was a bad like run in between the two players, but it was an obvious pick. The commentators are like, well, I'm Should not have been surprised that why did they call that? Yeah, that's definitely a pick. Commentators yeah. said on Sunday against or last Sunday against Houston, well, they should have called the play dead because that guy was in motion. Sammy Watkins was a good foot and a half from the fucking sideline, and they called him out of bounds. Tyrod Taylor scrambling for 28 yards, phantom hold. Richie Incognito blocking a guy in the waist, chop block, touchdown, negated, comes off the board in a one-score game against the, against the fucking Giants. Guy catches the ball 48 yards downfield against the Kansas City Chiefs. The ball clearly hits the ground. Like, it's been... All of these plays in every game we've lost, it seems, with the exception of the first Patriots game, where it was so close, and every time it goes against us, every time, and sometimes it's not even that close. It's not that close. And all of these calls are always at the detriment of the Bills. What the hell is going on? Even Betty's mad. I yeah, mean, Betty I'm, is mad. I got, I got Betty upset. I'm sorry, girl. So, I mean, it gets you to wondering, though, you know, so that what's the reaction to this, right? So that's what the Buffalo media, Sully, you freaking piece oh, of shit. Sully is such a shithead. So, you know, of course, he's going to go, well, what do you expect? Rex Ryan goads the officials. 
Rex Ryan has been the same fucking person for the past 15 years, okay? He didn't get every bad call as a Jet. You know, we got a reputation for having bad... Having you know, players who are a little they, fired yeah, up. Yeah, a little too fired up, that's fine. It has nothing to do with Rex Ryan. Rex Ryan made him wear a damn bracelet that said, you know, thou yes, shalt not or whatever. Yeah. Yeah. You know, and granted, Rex Ryan ripped it off like within the first <laughs> quarter, but... But the point is that that's nothing to do with that. Like, maybe we do have a reputation. Maybe we do have a reputation, and that's fine. Um, but And we've addressed this at great length on this podcast. But, that is horseshit. You don't call a penalty based on a player's reputation. You call a penalty based on what just fucking happened in front of your face. Right. Yeah, but imagine if you were on the team and these players. I mean, we're frustrated. Imagine if you were actually out there. You'd be, no wonder these guys are starting to get pissed off. Yeah, you talk yeah. about the compounding... Yeah frustration from the scheme i mean this has to be playing in these guys can't sneeze yeah. and it's not a, and actually it what further pisses me off is that you always talk about how the patriots know how to play this game and players talk about this how if if a running back springs for a long run the first thing the the d lineman do is they go hold 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 i was held i was held you know, right. the, the moment a guy gets blown up on the offensive line, he falls over. He chop up. Like, they, they do that. They go to the refs, and I guess they get rewarded for it. And because we yeah. try to play the game the right way, we don't. Yeah, but when yeah. Tyrod got hit, he got pissed. Yeah, but when? On that third he down play. He waited I until know. he was on, on the sideline. Side it's the next play. And then he goes I didn't and even gets see mad. This. Oh, so, yeah, yeah, yeah. He got hit. Because he finally, well like, he very good. the first time I've ever seen him lose his temper. Like, he was like, hey, ref. Hey, ref. Hey, ref. And then you could see him getting himself worked up. He's like, why you didn't call a flag? Why didn't you throw what, a flag? What, at what point of the ball? game was this? This is when, Second half. after he, he threw the ball, the guy, it, the ball had been gone for, like, quite a ways. And the guy hit him and made a half-ass effort to hold him up. But he just fell right onto, his, like, his back of his head. And so he just, but, you know, when he was on the ground, it was just, eh. When Sammy Watkins, you know, fought for a ball, you know, afterwards, it was very clear that he thought he got interfered with. But it was kind of like this, uh, like, I, I wish you listeners could actually see the, 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 the motions that I'm making. But it's, <laughs> he turns his palms upward and kind of shrugs his shoulder like, how can we not calling it? Not like, what the hell? Not like throwing your helmet on the ground and, you know, getting but mad. But I talked about this. That's the corner we've been painted into. Like, we've been conditioned... The, I mean, no one's going to throw a flag if you're like, come on, ref, come on, ref, you know? Really? Because no. we've seen... Well, I mean, we will see I mean, it. Jerry, Jerry, Hughes, Jerry Hughes got a 15-yard penalty last year for smacking his own teammate in the head. Well, yeah, I mean, and there's nothing you can do about that. That's just people being stupid, and these refs are stupid. But, but I mean, I still think that you got to. So, you know, here's the thing. If an official... They see things all the time and think, was that a hold? No, no, that wasn't a hold. Was, was, was that an offside? No, that wasn't an offside. When a player, when you think for that split second, was that a hold? And then you suddenly see the player like, what the hell? Yeah. yeah. Immediately. That's a, a natural mental trigger. I and mean, that's basic neurobiology. That that will say, oh, oh, yeah, it's yeah. going to fall into that same, you know. It works really picture. well in the European League soccer. <laughs> Right. Uh, well, it worked. So, it worked well on Sunday. One thing, and you guys, and you're totally right. Our offensive line has not been coached to jump into the neutral zone the moment of defensive, and that happened 
to us a couple times. Yeah, Jerry Hughes is jumping off sides. Jerry Hughes is on the left side of the line and an offensive lineman seven yards away from him. No, he's not affected by Jerry Hughes. He's not making him jump on this play. But that's the rule. But that's the rule. Yeah, and our guys don't do that. Yeah, so mean, I don't know what I'm ranting about. Mostly the re- the officiating, how inconsistent it is. And I know this has been a plot line for 31 other teams in the NFL. But I'm telling you what. When your team is on a 16-year playoff drought and, it's, and you're always down within the width of a pubic hair of making the playoffs like we were again this year. And you have all of these mounting frustrations because of the referees. Sorry, I got a rant. Who wants to rant next? I'm ready to go. Okay. Because I've been thinking about this. And um, this one hits home because I'm sick of liars <laughs> and broken promises. Wow. And you know who I'm talking about? The Rick. man, Rex Ryan. Wow. Specific to this. Oh, boy. You mentioned how well we played on defense last year. Fourth in the league is probably a little disappointing, to be honest with you, because that's not where my expectations are. I know we'll lead the league in defense. That's just the way it goes. Bullshit. And you know why? If everybody knows that Rex Ryan's scheme is so complicated and it takes players time to learn this, why the hell is he making that comment? Why the hell is he saying, oh yeah, I'm just going to waltz right into this fourth ranked defense and I'm going to make it better? Because that's a lie. Because if he knows his his scheme is different, then he might say, hey, I know we got a good defense out there. I'm going to instill this great scheme and maybe a a year off. But two years from now, three years from now, you better believe we're going to be the best defense in the league. But no, we didn't do that. He made that frigging comment. I've been hanging on to that comment. Like, thinking about that. (laughs) You're not the only one, Cass. Because he's a motherfucking liar. Wow. Uh, Just listeners... I've never been scared of Cassie before. Cassie has literally screamed yeah. at the top of her lungs. Before. I've never been more scared of Cassie. I've never. The look in her eyes just now scared the Jay, I'm so sorry for yeah. you, man. Because I know you've gotten that look before and you have to be scared. But he, he's this, good. He knows no broken promises. He knows, yeah, okay. So yeah. don't, don't, listen, don't ever yeah, cross Jay, Cassie Hunt. Jay, you made a big promise, but yeah, don't okay. ever break it. Uh, so I've never seen you that angry before. Like, it, it's because she got quiet. Yes, that, that was what yeah. it was. Like it wasn't like her screaming cheaters. Like she no. does like the game. It was a quiet it intensity that, quiet... that I've never seen. Wow. Okay. Um, I'm scared to rant now. Um, all right. So I'm gonna rant about. And you know, Gassy, that's not the only lie. No. Right. No. I'm gonna. We're gonna go for it all the time on fourth. We are. He said going... that. Oh yeah. He said we're not gonna be a, a conservative offense. Uh, you know, there's a few things that I think the exact words are we're not gonna be a conservative offense. There's a few things that me and Rex, uh, uh, Greg Roman are completely agreement on. Ground and pound is one of them. Throwing not being Sammy. conservative is is, is another. Yeah. And yeah, and getting Sammy. Hold on. Okay, so I don't mean to shit all everyone's yeah. every point right now, but we kind of talked about this already in the Dennis Sermon thing. You're right. He is a liar. When the microphone's in front of him and he's addressing the world, you can't believe anything he's saying. Is it, hasn't that become clear now? That he's he's up there for entertainment value. He's there so he doesn't get fined, and he knows how to. He's a, he's a bit of a hype man, but it seems that like whatever he's saying in front of a microphone, don't ever expect that. Or maybe you can, but temper your expectations for that rubber to ever meet the road. So then, how does that reflect to the players? I don't think I the mean, players care what he says to the media. I think that they care more about what he says to them. 
Sorry, that's yeah. I, don't, I don't mean to shit everyone to a point. No, no, I, no, but I think they do care because that's from, why they're complaining from, about the fact that they're not making progress. But from they're a fan standpoint, the fact that they're like, I mean, oh, we should be great, but we're not. Otherwise, all you would have heard all we all year was, yeah, you know, it's going to take a while for this to for this to come together. It's going to take a while for this to come together. And even when he got challenged halfway through the season, that hey, why isn't your defense this good? He said, look, I know it's not good right now, but just wait till the end of the year. He's I mean, needed we'll, to we'll see. We'll see. You know, we have three games left. Three games that but that's mean like, nothing. Against the NFC East, right? I mean, but, like, the, but that's like, you know, the boxing hype man following the guy in the ring being like, maybe we'll win, maybe we won't. I don't know. It's, it might come down to the scorecard. I don't know. The guy we're fighting over there is pretty technical. Saying, I know. I'm just, He'll I'm say, just, we are going to win. I'm just saying, know? when Rex is front of the microphone, he's a hype man. Right. All he's going to do but is you, feed you. Right, but the nice thing is that, you know, second coaching job, right? The, the, you're supposed to be this, like, big change and. In your second coaching job, and one of the, his major downfalls in New York was promising things and talking a big game when he couldn't necessarily back it up. Maybe you just say do a Belichick a little bit, not maybe not the same as Belichick, but do a Belichick. We're like, hey, you know, they're a really good team. He could be playing a two and fifteen team or two and thirteen team, and he's like, uh, yeah, you know, they're 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 a pretty good team. You yeah. know, I I don't think their record reflects. Uh, just how good of a team that is. There's a lot of talent on that side. Yeah, he'll ball. name the six you most know? talented players. Right, and, and so and, and he does that, and it's a, a smart way of doing things because it's no expectations. And, of course, everyone's like, oh, my God, if you lose, it's going to be, like, a nightmare. But but anyways, you know, like, giving, you, you, gotta learn. you have he's to learn respect. from your previous errors, right? That's the whole thing. When coaches are successful their second time around, they've learned from their previous mistakes. And part of that, as a coach, is your PR. You know, and so, and your product on the field. You know, the one thing he's learned, he got himself a great offensive coordinator. Yeah. Yeah. Right? So he, and he is taking hands off of the offense. Yep. Right? He's not trying to mess with that. He even said that in his press conference. Maybe the one thing I could learn is how to develop a quarterback. Hopefully he's just, you know, leaving that to Greg Roman. And say what you want about Greg Roman. If you look at the All-22, these plays are brilliant. Mm -hmm. These plays are, you know, and for We the can most see part, that on Sundays. They're, well, yeah, we, I mean, they're these intricate, these pulling... Well, we, I think we go to that pulling the guard, running to the no, side but a we, little bit too much. Well, we ran, because it's been so successful. Against Houston, we ran a fake swing to Shady after sending yep. him in motion out of the backfield at his shotgun. But it was a screen to Clay. And we all looked at each other like, holy shit, that was a... That was a really cool play. We're like, we, finally. We hadn't really seen anything like that in years. Right. And and that's the thing. Is that Everyone thinks that it's the same play. Like, the one thing that we learned about Greg Roman um, on set, was it Sal or Vic Carucci, that did that Sal preview. Sal in the offseason. Yeah. yeah, that had that, that, that preview that you're going to see the same formation. You're going to see the exact same movement from the team, but there's going to be one wrinkle of difference. And that's why that play is going to yeah. work the and second and third and fourth time. So when everyone says, oh, we keep running the same play where we're pulling, I mean, I, I literally said that like any seconds ago. Anybody but who. We're pulling no. the guard and we're going off to the side. Like, yes, that's what you see, but you don't see the intricacies of like this guard is going inside and that guard is going outside and this tackle is cutting the linebacker down rather than taking the, the, the other tackle out. So, you know, there's intricacies to it. And I think that when you see the All-22, there's gaps. There's openings, yeah. right? And it's gonna. Yeah, and Tyrod has not been perfect. Tyrod's right. decision making has been a solid B, 
Right. Minus. Uh, it, yeah. It's it, been a B. It's been a B. But it's I mean, been a B on the whole, but it has been bad. It, it has been as low as a D minus. It has been as high as an A plus. But yeah. but it, it, it works out to a B. But there there have been extremes on both sides. Yeah. I don't disagree. I mean, I think and, we, and yeah. a couple times on third and short on Sunday, Bills fans oh. were pissed. Those aren't play calls. That's that's a quarterback decision when he's going down the field on third and two. And that's. It's but, his, but it's his he's 11 a, he's stars. A he's, he's a rookie. I yeah, mean, yeah, he's been in the league. He's I agree. Been behind, but this is, this is gameplay. And the right. best way that you learn to play a game is to actually play in a game. I but mean, so you can play in scrimmages. And and he's getting better at taking those yards. Yeah. And that's one thing that the gifts that came out from yards, again, yards were passed. I don't know if you listen. I know you're actually pretty good at responding to us on Twitter. So big up to you. And if Bill's... Fans, if you're listening and you don't follow at yards per pass on Twitter, you need to because Absolutely. he's he's the only media because he's not big enough who hasn't gotten shut down and can do GIF reports on a weekly basis. And that was the one thing he was raving about this week about Tyrod Taylor is that Tyrod has learned to take those five, six yard swing passes to Shady and to the guys coming out the backfield and like just be successful. You don't always have to be great, just be successful. Yeah, and I think that he's learning. He's not there. He's learning. I wonder if those passes that, you know, he threw in the end zone or whatever, uh, when it was just, you know, you could have gotten just a third yard or third down. Or scrambled for it. Or scrambled for it, right. So my question, though, is was it the wrong decision? There was one throw where he threw in a double coverage for Sammy, but how often has Sammy made that catch this season? I hear you. And the other times. How often have we been screaming for him to make that catch? The other times, those receivers were wide open. So it wasn't necessarily a bad decision. It was that he didn't execute it. Yeah, he didn't throw the ball. But make the way it he easy on yourself. To. Make it easy on yourself. I, I hear you. I, True, but and it's been a high percentage. Or perc- score a touchdown. It's right? been a high and percentage for him. It's been a high year. percentage over the year, and that's the thing. Is that but I it's think also that- been a like bizarrely high. I mean, it's been a unsustainably high percentage. I would say. Yeah, but if you're him, that's you're not, not fair. Gonna not go to the well. I know. You know? I know. That's not fair to say to him because maybe it is for him, and he's just one of the greatest quarterbacks of all time doing that. That's what we're going with. <laughs> <laughs> So, Are you ranting? I don't know what I'm going to rant about because you know I feel like I, so after the end of this uh, game I went home and my wife was like you're in a strangely okay mood like, yeah you're not and I think it's because I made peace with this season and I literally I was driving home and I asked myself that question which was are you satisfied so I think I'm going to turn my and the other thing is I had just seen that thirty for thirty oh, so I I'm still feeling happy about the it. Bills. Uh, so, you know, I'm, I'm actually going to skip the rant today and just kind of go into my own section. And I kind of want you guys to weigh in on, are you satisfied? You know, like what, this was a, this was a season that yes, we had obscenely, probably unrealistic hopes. Uh, and we, as Bills fans, we did this to ourselves. We got ourselves so excited. Yeah. Of course the Bills hype machine is going to say, yeah, we're going to the playoffs, blah, blah, blah. Why would they say anything different? But have we not learned enough? To say that, hey, look, it's a new scheme. It's a new defensive and offensive scheme. I know we have all this talent. Great. We have a great core to move forward with. Uh, you know, should we have not have tempered our expectations? And those, you know, people on Stadium Wall that said 9-7 and seven that everyone poo-pooed on, it's probably realistic. Probably realistic. You know? Um, and these were, I mean, these are mistakes that are made by a first-generation team, if you will. These are, you know, the... The holding calls, the I'm out of position, the frustration calls, but you see the talent that's there. That's why we're all so frustrated. Is because we see the talent that's there, but it's execution. Yeah. It's, it's these failures, these mis- 
these like mental mistakes or, 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 or I'm just out of position to make this play or I've dropped this interception. When the team stays in that scheme and continues to, continues to grow and continues to practice in it, that's when things just start clicking. And that's when they look like, wow, they're actually the team that we thought they were. Yeah. So what we need to do now is not blow this up because I am satisfied. Oh, hell no. I, you know, oh, I am satisfied. No. I've, I've wanted a quarterback like this for well over a decade. Yeah. You know, I don't need him to be Tom Brady. Who, I don't need who him also, to by be... the way, which we we talked about leadership, he could be the leader of this team. Oh, yeah. yeah. And you and hear about the way players talk about him. Into he it, could you know? be the guy. He's growing into it. And I think that he's definitely taking on that responsibility. I don't think our coaches are upset with where we are right now. No, I no. think they're a little disappointed because they thought, hey, yeah. maybe it all comes well, together it, and perfect. But the reality set in and, and it's just, but I'm satisfied. We have a quarterback that throws the ball accurately. We have a quarterback who has how many touchdowns to, to, to interceptions? When in Bill's history have we had that type of ratio? Three to one ratio? Yeah. I I have two comments to make in regards to this. So I feel like the last 15 years we've been like those cartoons where you're trying to plug the boat and you put your fingers in it, but as soon as you plug there, you it know, it comes on open side. on this side and then you go plug that, but then the other side starts filling up. So I feel like for once... We're actually putting like putty in the holes so that we can go fill up and take care of the other holes. That yeah, are start, like that we are have opening. Charles Clay. Yeah, we like, don't have some random no-name person as our tight end. That, so Randy hasn't performed great, but, but we have Sammy yes, Watkins. Yes, we you have. Know, we have Shady McCoy. We have Tyrod Taylor. Yeah, I, we I have Tyrod Taylor, who I think will be fine, even if he's not Aaron Rodgers. Yes, but you yeah. go into an off-season knowing you're the starter. It's a whole other story. Yep. We we went through six weeks of a quarterback competition. It's it's gonna be great going into a season not having a quarterback competition, which we haven't had since fucking 2011 and Fitzpatrick. Yeah, and, so yeah, and we, we, we never get... never has Fitzpatrick looked this good. Yeah, including this year with the Jets, yeah. he has not looked as good as Tyrod Taylor has as a quarterback. Period. Yeah. So and he's the having ball is not Fitz, accurate. Fitz is having a career year and it's not even close. Right. So definitely feeling good, positive. The other thing I was looking up in my history of Rex Ryan was his first year, 2009, with the New York Jets. He went nine and seven. Yeah, and made it to the AFC Championship. But his second year, he came out and he went eleven and five. Right. So, I'll, and he I'll never had some, this offense. I'll take some history no, repeating. He never had these offensive players. And that's the years he, he beat he the did Patriots. Have, he did have LT. He had LT. Okay, so here's what I'm going to say to that, Suge. I think going into this year, being optimistic about the Bills if we were really honest with ourselves, was a gamble. Because, yeah, first-year schemes on both sides of the ball. Fifth year with a new defensive quarterback. Five consecutive years with... Or, sorry. Yeah, yeah. Defensive five consecutive years with a new defensive coordinator. That, that's fucking absurd. I was talking to a Steelers fan two weeks ago. How many offensive coordinators have we had? How many quarterbacks have we had? Yeah. How many head coaches have we had? I was talking to a Steelers fan a couple weeks ago who was talking about how the Steelers have had three head coaches since like 1974. And I said, you know what? We've had three head coaches since 2012. Yeah. So, Bills fans, you really can't undersell continuity. We should have it going into next year. So, coming into this year, just... To be optimistic was a bit of a gamble. I think next year we have all the reason in the world to be optimistic, and it's a pretty sure thing if all of the following four things happen. 
Tyrod stays healthy, Sammy stays healthy, Shady stays healthy, and the big one, which we've been talking about this entire time, it clicks with the defense. If all four of those things are satisfied, Cass, in spite of the fact that we play the AFC North and the NFC West next year and it's going to be a tough schedule, I think the 11 wins is totally within grasp if all four of those things happen. And I think we can now, to your point, Suge, say that definitively. Whereas coming into this year, I think everyone was like, well, who's going to be who's going to be the quarterback? That defense is going to be great. Who's... Nobody coming into this year would have said, the defense is going to be the liability of this team. Nobody would have no. told you that. No, 100%. Nobody. Nobody in their right mind because you would have hedged your bet. It was still a gamble. Nobody knew for sure. But I can tell you right now, if it clicks with the defense next year, and if Shady, Tyrod, and Sammy all stay healthy for, let's be reasonable, 12 games... I think 11 and 5 is totally reasonable yeah. for next year. So is that is that I think 11 is that homerism? I, is no, that, I mean I think that 11 and 5 is possible. I think 10 and 6 is should be expected. I think we should improve to 10 and 6. I was hopeful for 10 and 6 this year. That's what I was hoping yeah. for. Um but you know, I, I'm hopeful we get the Steelers at home early in the season next year because that is a team built on their offense. Their offense finally hit their stride here late in the season, but if they take 10 weeks to get going again next year. Boy, would it be great to get them out of the way early. Yeah. And I see Seahawks as well. Yeah, exactly. It's exactly. Similar to how they if we get those two teams, the weeks one and two, I'll be happy, man. All right, let's get into a uh, wild card. This is, this has been a, this has been a long episode. We a lot, lot to be, is we get out of the bar. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Coming up on the well, we're coming up on the end of the episode, which means it's the wild card portion of today's episode. It's the wild card, and this is Bills and Beers. We talk about the Buffalo Bills, but we do so drinking beer. And now that we're not at Lincoln Station, where we have to wait 50 minutes between beers, we can actually enjoy a bevy of beer variety. Cass, I know you're feeling a little. Well, we're not going to say why you're not drinking beer tonight. Hint: She made a baby. Um, <laughs> sorry, Jay. It wasn't it's yours. Christmas miracle. <laughs> Jesus Christ is about to be born again. That's right. Uh, Cass, who still remains a virgin, is pregnant. <laughs> uh, Cass isn't drinking, but I was having the uh, Southern Tier, which is a Western New York brewery, double IPA, quite tasty. And soon, just, just as an aside, I would like to mention that uh, Cass, or sorry, Lars has these beautiful <laughs> ale glasses. Uh, I guess he's a. 24 ounces. It's a it's no, 24. This, no, this is a, this is an ale glass. Ale glass. Okay, so it's 24 ounces. So it fits two beers, which Lars means equates with the fact that you have to put two beers into yeah. it before you start drinking. So Lars gets his, you know, double X Southern Tier IPA, and and uh, Jackie walks up and says, "Hey, hey, both of these beers are empty." And she's he's like, "Yeah, it's a it's a it's a double glass. You have to have pour two beers." And so then he goes back to the other room, and then later on I just hear, wait, these are both 8.2%. <laughs> so, yes. Lars, Lars is feeling good today. It's part of the reason why this podcast is now eclipsing uh, 70 minutes in, in, <laughs> in duration. Uh, Suge, I hooked you up tonight with the Infinity IPA, which is a Chicago beer. Yeah, I'm buying that. That's it's really good. good. It's really good. It's got great hops. Yeah. It's very aromatic. 
Um, and actually, I think there's like there's a particular type of hops that my neighbor brews with, and I think that's actually the the, the name of it's that type of hop. It's this West Coast hop. It's very very aromatic, aromatic with almost like a citrusy quality to it. So um, and a little bit of bitter. And a lot of Chicago breweries are kind of like way the f out. This one's not. I mean, this is Foster. a Ravenswood and Foster. That's kind of like yeah. right in the thick of it. And I think there's actually a. I think that's close to. It's right by me. The Koval. De, no, it's not Foster. Well, no, but straight up. I'm oh. right next to Ravenswood. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> um, it's uh the Koval Distillery is there too. Ooh, good stuff. Uh, yeah. Have you had it? Yeah. It's very good. So I don't know if you get it where you're at, listeners, but uh, the Empirical IPA, Infinity IPA from the Empirical Brewing Company here in Chicago. And also the Koval Distillery, makers of many fine spirits, including a very tasty white rye. And a great bourbon. Yes, I have them both. Uh, both recommended from Bills and Beers crew. If you're under 21, ask your parents first. Please drink responsibly. So we do regret breaking format this year. I do at least. I think people actually really like the festive hot take right after the game. Uh, response that we were putting out there on a weekly basis. I, I, if we would have won, I would have been more than happy to record from the Philadelphia parking lot. But it's nice to have you guys here and be with be with reliable company. We are, however, going to be off for the next two weeks, so we'll be back following the Week 17 matchup against the Jets. So we're going straight through the Christmas holiday. The Week 17 matchup, that means nothing. Means nothing except for everything to Rex Ryan's ego. If I have too much eggnog, I may just record a (laughs) 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 red-filled solo podcast and just send it to Lars. We'll see what happens. Um, So, uh, apologies for that, but listeners... Also, I'm uh, lactose intolerant, so the eggnog is going to be really bad. (laughs) It's coming out both ends. Consider yourselves warned, but we are going straight through the Christmas holiday, and we alluded to it before, so for today's wild card... Cass, would you like to introduce it? And who's the most famous reindeer of all? Bill Nichols, all the way up in Milwaukee, Wisconsin. Excuse me, Buffalo Bill Belcher, who's listening to this podcast. Excuse me, not listening to this podcast. So, (laughs) most famous reindeer of them all, Jam and Jeff Day, who I know is listening to this podcast. Love you, buddy. Miss you tremendously. So. I miss you, Bill, man. Fuck him. (laughs) Of... Santa Claus's reindeer, who would you equate each one to? And just as a quick refresher... Well, we'll go one by one, but yes, give us a We're talking quick... as a quick rundown. Dasher, Dancer, Prancer, Vixen, Comet, Cupid, Donner, and Blitzen. And then, of course, Rudolph. So I think Dasher is pretty easy. Uh, the the poor guy is probably... Has played his last down in a Buffalo Bills uniform. Uh, much to delight... To the aforementioned Jam and Jeff Day, but he almost meddled in the Pan Am Games this past summer. So I think our dasher, without question, is Mr. Marquise Goodwin. Somebody tell me otherwise. Yeah, I mean he's dashing off this team and he is dashing <laughs> into the Olympics. So, um, or at least God, dashing into Marquise, the qualifiers. Man, I love that the thirty for thirty short that they had on him and his sister, who's got. Um, I can't remember if it's multiple sclerosis or he's, she's got some sort of um, oh does he have muscle, a mu- muscular there disorder. was a yeah. there was a YouTube video or something of him hooking up a the a, a family and like all the friends and family yeah. of the disabled family yeah I mean he's, he's a great guy well I don't even think we're Bills I think fans he's he's trying you know and and he tried 
And I hope that he gets to a place where he can play. He's got to stay healthy. He's got to not have EJ throwing the ball while hanging him up to dry while a linebacker takes him out. Yeah, he's also got to um, not be 140 pounds, yeah. which is mostly his problem. I don't know. I think he, maybe he ends up in New England and just tears shit up. Yeah. Just so, catches an 80-yard pass every right. league. So that's I mean, I bet you. I would say that I bet you that he would be very happy. Uh, all right, so guys, I'm going to give you guys the next one. Who is our dancer? Well, I think this one's pretty easy. This too. one I feel like is pretty easy, but none other than Booby Dick. Yeah, that's exactly <laughs> what I was gonna say. <laughs> yeah, of course, that's how easy it is. That's what I was gonna I say. I mean, dancing in the backfield, <laughs> just... dancing all over the place. <laughs> he is just dancing in his mind all the time. I love it. Um, so and likewise, the prancer. The prancer. Can I just say something completely on PC? Yeah. Can it be Jordan Gay? Oh. Wow. <laughs> Yes. I'm just saying, because he's kind of prancing around the field when he has to kick it. Are you kidding me? And also, it's, yeah. It you know what time. I'm saying, I okay? I know e- it's not right. EJ but... Manuel, I don't know. He just seems like he's, he's a little stuck up, prancing, you know? I mean, he pranced off the field after he came in in one He was play. so happy. He was so Have you happy. ever seen EJ that happy? Yeah, he Damn, always he smiles, just... even when things are going terribly. He's oh, smiling. Lord. Yeah. But who is the Vixen? The Vixen. That's now that's a good one. I'm actually going to give it to Chris Hogan, Ooh. who I think is pretty easy on the eyes. Yeah, I don't, and, and that's not a race thing. It's not because he's the white guy out there, but he's a pretty handsome fella. We got a lot of handsome guys in this we team. We do. We do. But uh, and I think I think Chris Hogan is is none too private about his relationship with his smoking hot girlfriend as well. Uh, fiance, the doctor. Really? Yes. Wow, good yes. for him. Yes. You're telling me I could have. Na- Landed Chris Hogan. Yeah, you could have. <laughs> yeah, you could have. You missed your chance. All right, who is Comet? I'm gonna actually say that Comet surprisingly is Sammy Watkins. Okay, so I, like that. I didn't think this about Sammy Watkins for meteoric speed. rise. I didn't think. Well, yes, that's. Ooh, I like that. Thank you. Uh, but I actually didn't think about Sammy for his speed, but he is destroying people up top. I thought he was gonna be the you know the guy that makes a break and runs a crisper out and is just open in the middle field because he runs a great route, but yeah. he's beating people deep. Yeah. So. That's our comment. I'm going to disagree with you, and I'm going to go with our comment as Richie Incognito, and the tail of the comment is Shady. Oh, I like it. The leading force, and then at the tail is Shady. So as we come to Cupid, the Cupid player, the problem is I've been able to, I've been able to, in my mind, and I haven't used it yet, justify Tyrod Taylor for yeah. all of these. Yeah. He's got to oh, be the Cupid, yeah, though. Yeah, he's definitely the Cupid. Yeah, he's he has, definitely the Cupid. He has he's embedded the team together. And he has embedded himself into the hearts of Bills fans. And as we mentioned already on this podcast, I think he's, I think he's one of our last hopes for heart of the team itself. Oh, hands yeah. down. Okay, so there is nothing that correlates with something called Donner. Donner. So I'm well, going to go with... Well, it looks like here, like, the old, like, Germanic pronunciation Dunder? was Dunder, so... Dunder Mifflin? Or just, like, Dunder Bumbler. What All right, so we're going to go with Dunder Mifflin, who's, like, the office guy who's kind of irrelevant, but never goes around Jim Overdorf. <laughs> okay? I'm glad... Apparently, you're really good at making contracts, and, like, you find some way to find money here and there and move some shit around and... Fine, whatever. But, but he's like the only thing that's left from the Ralph era, right? I mean, and, yeah. and Russ Brandon, obviously. But Russ Brandon was a relatively late addition to the to the Ralph era, right? I mean, it's not like 
he was there through the 80s and all that Ooh. other stuff. So I'm, I'm sorry. Go I'm ahead. I've got one. What about uh, Sanborn, our long snapper? Because <laughs> he's dundered a few times. Yeah. This season. So I was at, well, and so is Dan Carpenter. Yeah. Um, Who has a fancy new haircut. And actually, you know, Dunder, but Donner, so the guy who dons, this this is where I wanted to give it to Tyrod Taylor, because boy, does that boy look smooth when he gets on that plane. We got the Ben Russ well-dressed player oh, of the week. Oh, he dons the nice and clothes. He does okay, look okay, but you know, okay, you know who really did? And I sent, I sent it to you guys. Yeah. Corbin Bryant. He was looking sharp. He had that purple blazer and the blue and the and the bow tie on. So if we want to talk about a guy who yeah. don, dons an outfit, just as an aside, Corbin Bryant has played his ass off this season. Yep. Oh hell he yeah. is he is going to look very good in Rex Ryan's defense for years to come. Yep. We talked about it last time. Fully agree. So that that means we have <laughs> one non Rudolph left, and it's really hard to determine who the blitzing player <laughs> on this team is. But I guess we got to take a stab at it. I think Rambo. Yeah. He nah, he's like, yeah, yeah he's blitzing, who's a blitzing Yeah, nice. The person who blitzes the best. <laughs> yeah. How can we miss that? Of yeah, course it's, it's, Rambo. A, it's not even close. Of course it's Rambo. I mean, yeah. Jerry Hughes gets gets a, a you know honorable mention yeah. here, but yeah. But he ain't blitzing. Yeah. <laughs> I mean it's literally it's called blitzing. <laughs> yeah. So it's gotta be a, a defensive back, right? So. so Rudolph, the shining the shining light of this team. We've already given it twice to Tyrod Taylor, so we can't give it to him a third time. No, I'm giving it to I'm giving it to Jerry Hughes. So wow. God, and here's wow. why. Here's Is that why. Who you Kyle Williams, are you oh. hurt? Oh. Is yeah, he well, going to be back next he's year? He's going to be back. Oh, I'm talking about the shining light leading that team moving forward. I am predicting that he is the leader of this team moving forward the same way Daryl Talley is. Wow. LaShawn McCoy. Shady ain't never going to be a leader. Oh, Just like Thurman was not the leader of that team. Yeah. I don't you know? fucking give a shit. You are a leader with the number of yards you put on the field. So every that's, that's the thing, this by the way. the big conversation we were having. Is well, that LaShawn McCoy is going to waltz into 1,000 yards this year. You realize that, right? Yeah. In no. 14 games, if, if he finishes the year healthy, he's going to get his 1,000 easy. And Sammy might also, too. So when you're talking about Greg Roman and the year he's put together, yeah, it shouldn't, it shouldn't be ignored in some of the individual efforts we've had on this team. Or should Rudolph really be Eric Wood? No, no. You don't get to do <laughs> Eric Wood for every single thing. So the reason I'm saying Hughes is that you know we had there's that article out there where Tally was just saying that this team has no identity, this team has no future, and it was just reminding me, and especially with the thirty for thirty that was out there, there's a reason he was on there despite all the troubles that he's had. Um, Tally. You know, Tally. Yeah. There's a reason that he's on there and featured so prominently. Um, and I, I would like to close off by talking a little bit about the thirty for thirty. I know you haven't seen it. Yeah. But if this yeah. is going to be our last podcast for until the, until twenty sixteen, yeah, um, we should talk about it. But you know, Tally was was the heart and soul of that team, but he was not the best. You know, he was not Cornelius Bennett. He was not Bruce Smith. But he was nasty. He got in people's faces. He was not afraid to talk to Bruce Smith and say, "Hey, what the hell are you doing? Why are you doing this?" And you know, the people from the offense listened to him too. You know, and so he was the heart and soul of that team. Um, and, you know, Jim was definitely the leader on offense. Uh, but so was Kent Hull, you know. Yeah. Yep. And if there's anyone that would put Jim Kelly in his place, it was Kent Hull. Yep. So I, I think that it's all about leaders. And I think that that's, you know, Rudolph, just like Rudolph leads a sleigh. I think that Jerry Hughes, I mean, you're our guy. We paid you a lot of money. You're the only player I have seen in a Bills uniform get a huge contract and then play just as hard the next season. Um, there's very few, other than maybe Kyle Williams. 
uh, is the only person, he and that wasn't a huge contract. He didn't get used money, right, right. But but he's the only one that got a new contract. Yeah, you know, and that and that still played as hard. And so Hughes got a huge contract and played as hard. So that and if, if you if that's not something to learn by, that's great. So talking a little bit about uh, thirty for thirty episode that came out, uh, it was pretty freaking amazing. To any Bills fan, Lars, you're gonna love it when you see yeah. it. Um, you know, there was a, it was amazing how much those teams of the late '80s, early '90s how they have mirrored our current fan base. They went from being a team that was just, wow, we're amazing, and we didn't really expect it, to being this focus, like, oh, my God, we got to be amazing. Like, we got to get this. And that was like that, you know, we were amazing in the 1991, 92, and then we got nervous because we were like, oh, my God, we, we, we barely made the playoff this year. Or, yeah. wow, we lost in the first round. We, we got to get our act together. And then there was, like, this, like, series of, you know, bad events. And then finally we become a little bit of the team that we are, where we're like expecting something bad to happen, you know, uh, where we say, Oh yeah, well, we're up by it 14. goes all the way into the present by... that, like that. No, 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 no. no. But oh. what I'm saying is those teams, they were talking about the fact that the third Super Bowl, when things started to go bad there, or the fourth Super Bowl, when there's things started to go bad, they're like, Oh, here we go again. Of course it's going to happen again. Like they were, they were kind of expecting bad things to happen. And then the aside of it was, the fact that they've become, they were just as ridiculously superstitious as we all are. Yeah. With Jim Kelly and Frank Reich having their table from the cafe that they always have lunch and a, and a, and a milkshake at shipped to them. Well, they didn't ship, ship it, it, but, but like the, 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 the store the, owners, the store the owners shipped the shipped table it. to them so they could have lunch on Friday afternoon the same way they always did. So it's, you know, it's the same as our chips and salsa, which yeah. granted we did not order this year, week and we we deserve yeah. this loss. Yeah. Um. So don't fuck with chips and salsa. Okay. No. It's very and, and Bill. I know you're not listening, but that is like that goes double for you when you make these. I'm gonna swoop in twice a year and tell the Bills fans what's what and the chips. No, blow it out your ass. Chips and salsa is a thing for the Bills backers of Chicago. You live in Milwaukee now. Deal with it. So uh, it was an amazing thing. It it, it really speaks to. <laughs> Didn't mean to make it I so get, personal. Get choked up when I see that uh, Scott Norwood clip. Yeah, you know, and, I get and, choked up thinking. And about I get it. choked up when I see the Don Beebe clip. And you know, it, it really says a lot about the fact that you know parents were teaching their kids based on some of the things that these Bills players were doing. Uh, and it gets to the fact that this is not just a team. This is not you know the LA Clippers where there's plenty of other shit, and oh it's yeah, not the oh, Philadelphia Eagles. Yeah. It's not the Philadelphia Eagles. I ran Eagles. into this with my in-laws over the weekend. They were like, why do you care? Why is this such right. a big deal? It's because, it's like, like they said, yeah, this is know. a way of life. Uh, this is what we do. This is who we are. This is the reason why we come from Rochester, Amherst, Erie, uh, Buffalo, and we are the most proud of our hometowns that anyone I've ever met. It's the reason why you can't talk to someone from Rochester without them raving about freaking Wegmans. Okay, now granted, is it one of the by far the best oh, it's, grocery it's store not, around? It's not even close. It's not even close. But I mean, anyone from Rochester is like, hey, you know Champion Outfitters? Oh yeah, they came from Rochester. Oh, you know, you know Xerox? You know they started in Rochester. So did Kodak? They'll tell you, yeah. Well, I mean, Kodak, and they're still there. <laughs> like, but you know, there's a reason why we have this pride, and there's a reason why we take so much ownership. So when those teams, because those teams never gave up. Yeah. You know, whether it was, you know, we were winning by 51 to 3, or it was the comeback game against the the Oilers. Like, those teams never gave up. They kept going back to Super Bowl after Super Bowl, even when people were sick of them. So, when people are sick of you cheering for the Bills because you're like, oh, God, they always suck. Why do you keep cheering them? Because that's who we are. Yeah. Yeah. 
And I, I think one of the interesting things and being a Buffalo Bills fan and never having lived a single day in Buffalo or even the close vicinity or the state of New York um, and being young during the time yeah. of these these losses. It was very interesting to see how it was covered by the local Buffalo news, which I was never exposed to. You know, that um, huge meeting out at the courthouse after they lost the first Super Bowl, you know, never really exposed to really what happened there and what it meant and Scott Norwood being called out and all that stuff. I think it was a great reason or just a a closure on, yeah, this is why I am a Buffalo Bills fan. Right. Like, this is the team. These are the people. Like, these are the friendships that these people have made, but also us, you know? Like, yeah. tying it back to, like, we have this, like, tight connecting bond, and people are like, who are these guys that you watch these games with? And I'm like, yeah, it's a long story. We kind of all know each other, but we kind of don't. But we connect on the Buffalo Bills. And, you know, 52 weeks out of the year, we're basically talking to each other. Yep. Well, I can think of no better way to wrap up this podcast for the calendar year 2015. Uh, It is with playoff hopes, mostly on life support, but I think we've covered (laughs) playoffs. Playoffs. (laughs) And I'm also I'm also kind of distracted because Betty's decided to join. Betty Betty has decided that this podcast is over. I'm waiting for her to hit like two keys and delete all of this (laughs) on the keyboard. So we should get out before she does that. Uh, but I think in great summation to what it means to be a fan and, and what it means to be a part of this community, we'd like to also thank you, the listeners, for being with us. Because you're a part of this community. we got damn near 500 of you fuckers who, who tune in because you love listening to friends talk about the Bills. And that's what we are. And we love being that for you, too. So, until 2016, Suge will be at the bar watching on Sunday. I guess we can... No, we can, no this isn't the last episode. We'll oh, we back, baby! We're coming back! <laughs> You thought we was gone. We no, back. Yeah. We recording tomorrow. Yeah. No, we. Uh, sorry, I was asking why we weren't, but um, we no, are going to record on Sunday. So we are. have to come up with a new Christmas gig. Nah, it's not going to be nearly as emotional as this one was. It's not going to be as beautiful. So if you don't want to listen to next week's episode, yeah. No, take, still, just hit the play button. Take okay? it or just leave give it. us a play count, okay? Yeah, exactly. Uh, at Bills and Beers on Facebook, at Bills and Beers on Twitter, subscribe on iTunes. Uh, and we got the um, fucking Washington Redskins on Sunday. Who cares at this point? Let's just hope uh, we get the win and let's enjoy the next nine hours of watching the Buffalo Bills that we have uh, until next September. Hey, everyone, you can you can just chill when you watch this game because it doesn't matter. Well, no matter what, you can get mad, you can drink, you can eat chips and salsa. Check out the chick that's next to you. Just enjoy yourself. No bills. The bills make me wanna shout.